Nation is now the ultimate power in the universe. The Pat and AJ Podcast. Well, because they got great banter. They jib-jab. Jib-jab, jib-jab, jib-jab. Pat and AJ. I feel like the conversation we've been having in the last five minutes is a lot more interesting than the shit they're talking about on the radio. Just moronic commentary and stupid sound effects, and it's just dumb. It doesn't make any sense. It's the Pat and AJ Podcast. Hello, everybody. Is that like enough of a start? Do you know where the start is there? Yeah, I gotcha. Thanks. Hello, everyone. From Pat and AJ Podcast Mobile One in Kailua, Kona, Hawaii, where it is a uh, balmy 84 degrees. All the way to Pat and AJ Podcast Quarantine One Studios in Flint, Michigan. AJ. It is 30 degrees on the head right now. Which is a heat wave. I mean, right now, all my folks back home in, in in the Midwest legitimately just got off the phone with my buddy, and he goes, "Oh, I put on a on a sleeveless shirt today. It's almost yeah. forty degrees." Yeah, it's going to be forty one tomorrow. It's supposed to be almost fifty by Sunday. I love it. Those are my people. That is something that I love. That I'm from the Midwest, born and raised. Even though I'm a traveler and I've lived all over, I love the fact that I have Midwest roots because shit like that. People cannot fathom unless you've been there. Yeah. It like if you tell people anywhere in California, Florida, Hawaii that you celebrate and go out in shorts when it's forty degrees, like they they look at you cross eyed. Oh, dude, I I wore my spring jacket today. My, it's, I'm like it is too warm for my winter jacket. <laughs> and again, you know, you talk to I don't know, talk to someone in like Phoenix, Arizona, Albuquerque, New Mexico. They would literally be like, 40 what? And you're wearing a spring what? Where? Why? That's parka weather, lady. So, um, hope you're doing well. Hope everyone is fine and fed and warm. If you're in Texas, glad the power is back on. Yes. Apparently, if you're in Chicago like my buddy, you slapped on your tank top. Which, I mean... At this point, we've crossed over, right? I mean, the doldrums of February, even though they just kicked you in the nuts six times from Sunday. I mean, you're past that hump, and now you're just cruising towards March and St. Patrick's Day, which, of course, is, for us at least, kind of the one-year marker of the the quarantine, the pandemic. Holy smokes. If I would have known I was going to get fired because of the pandemic, I would have physically gone into work instead of working from home. I had no idea. <laughs> you think it would have mattered? No. No, it's radio. What'd you have for dinner? What'd you have for dinner tonight? Uh, my mom and I had, uh, it was pulled, Asian pulled pork with broccoli and jasmine rice. You guys want to see an awesome instant reaction? I'm going to text AJ what I just um, had for lunch. Is this going to make me jealous? I'm not in the mood. <laughs> and um, you can go ahead and check that out whenever you want, AJ. I sent it over to you. It's a great place uh, here in Kailua, Kona. It is called Broke the Mouth Grinds. Did you finally get to go there? And Well, I already got a chance to go there once. Oh, my God. What is like, all that? It's like anything else. You got to go back twice because you go back, you know, you go the first time for, for the the dish, you know, the whatever they're famous for. And then you go back again to kind of explore the menu. So what is this in this beautiful picture I've been texted? So this place, by the way, and we'll have these photos up. At, uh, we'll drop on the social and patentaj.com, all, all that stuff. 
Um, what is that place, stuff? Talk to me. Stop. Hold on. This place is a uh, real Filipino Korean okay. food place. What you got right there is a, a mixed plate lunch with garlic butter shrimp. I thought that was shrimp. Oh, my God. I'm like, if he says that's something else, I'm going to be so sad. That looks so good. And then um, three braised uh, short ribs in a Korean sauce. And then it also came with uh, two scoops of rice, and you get a side choice. And I, I chose a purple uh, mashed potato, which is, a, which is, which is actually a, a sweet potato. That looks amazing, and I am. I my dinner was very good, and I wasn't starving tonight, so I'm 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 jealous, but not like too jealous, which is good. Can I tell you the one the the main thing I've learned from watching Survivor again? Not that I'm out here on Hawaii, and I need a show to watch while I eat yummy food like that. The main thing I've learned from watching that stupid TV show again: ninety nine percent of the drama on that show is caused by being hangry. Yeah, okay? all those people are extraordinarily hangry. Yeah, that's all it is. Everyone's out of their mind. They say the most vile, terrible, manipulative things because they're hungry. All they need is a Twinkie. If Jeff Probst <laughs> brought them a Twinkie, they'd be nice. They'd be nice to each other. It's so funny here um, because my mom is visiting. My dad is actually in a nursing home right now for a couple of months uh, rehabbing from a knee surgery. And my mom has been alone for, gosh, almost two full months. We finally, my sister and I met in uh, Michigan City, Indiana. We kind of swapped, swapped out my mom halfway. And, um, I was all excited cause I had dinners planned. Like I could cook for two people, which is instead of eating cereal because I'm lazy. Um, I'm like, Oh, I can cook for two people. And last night she got really excited about Detroit deep dish pizza. So we Ooh, ordered Detroit boy. deep dish pizza, um, which was fine. I'll never argue with that. Um, and then we started, we started talking about barbecue and she is like all hopped up on barbecue all of a sudden. I told her, I'm like, we are going to have to order from Maud's Alabama barbecue because it is, in my opinion, one of the best restaurants on DoorDash here in the Flint area. And I could eat it every day and it's so well-priced and it's so good. And we're so going to order it. I have been very spoiled. It's not the same barbecue though. It's just not very spoiled. Um, out here because and not by the price because the price is definitely better terrible (laughs) love the prices in flint uh the barb the roadside barbecue places here um i've been spoiled bro i've been swinging by these like ribs and chicken stands it's amazing i'm sure it is i just don't feel like it's the same like you're just not going to get the exact same kind of barbecue they're flipping these ribs over like open smoke oh my goodness doing it roadside you pull up get your plate move on come on you would be so proud of me i did tell my mom i said i make a mean homemade brisket mac and cheese the problem is the brisket aspect is usually the part that pat cooks because it's a very complicated uh, meat to cook. It takes a long time. It is a son of a bitch, man. It yeah, is a, I think uh, the, the one time we got real lazy and found out we could order it from Famous Dave's. So I made the mac and cheese at home, and then we just ordered yeah. the brisket from Famous Dave's on Miller Road. Um, yep. But I said, I said maybe, because didn't we make it in the crock pot one time? We made brisket in the crock pot. 
Not brisket, but we did a cut of beef in the crock pot, and we okay. used that as a substitute, but not a not a technical brisket. Well, I'm gonna try to make that for her too. But it's, uh, yeah, I mean that was. Or maybe I was... I'll wait till maybe I'll wait till you know you you come home to make all this barbecue. <laughs> I mean, again, that's um that's the big thing out here is everyone smokes these meats, so everything is like smoked brisket and ribs and this hooli hooli chicken. Listen, and, you know. we just have to keep talking about food because when I'm sad, I emotionally eat <laughs> and I, I didn't get a job today. So I'm ready to just, just eat. eat everything in sight just and cry. Eat. Okay. <laughs> All right. Hang out on the podcast. We're talking little frogs that whistle at you. I shit you not. And the man who wants to kill them all. Uh, that's coming up. Good news, too. Hold on. Oh, this feels good. The good news with Pat and AJ. So I felt like the good news today has to be about animals because my mom is visiting and my mom has the same kind of love for animals that I do. I'm assuming I got it from her. Just to just... Just a shot in the dark. <laughs> you know, I'll tell you, I even thought about that uh, the other day. Uh, my dad gave me a call, and as we all remembered on a former episode of the podcast, we read childhood letters uh, from my father, and he gave me a love letter about animals and being kind to them yeah. and not and not hurting them. So now I'm thinking, boy, I inherited that from my dad. You got it from your mom, and together we now own a zoo. Well, I felt so bad today because I had to take our son to the doctor, and then I had to teach a dance lesson, and my mom mom was home alone for a couple hours and i'm like i'm so sorry we had to leave she goes i was never alone i had the dog and the cats and the bird and like she was just talking to him nonstop. so uh let's talk about this dog who was stranded on the detroit river which is frozen for four days four days yeah so the dog's given name is alfonso or they call him fonzie at um at the vet clinic (laughs) fonzie was stranded for four days on ice on the detroit river until a good samaritan who still wishes to remain anonymous just i love people like that that's amazing reached him with an airboat and brought him to shore he was brought to the Woodhaven Animal Hospital. He was in pretty bad shape. They're still not sure if he got loose from a leash. Like, they're still not quite sure who he belongs to, if he belongs to anybody. He had blocks of ice frozen in his fur. He had frostbite, malnutrition, and severe pancreatitis. And he is just, like, a little fuzzy-wuzzy little dog. Like, look at him. Isn't he the cutest thing you've ever seen? I have heard some of uh, these same stories coming out of uh, some of the southern states, like Texas, because all of a sudden... Do you see the with, turtles? With the deep freeze, the turtles yeah. had to be saved, the and turtles, animals were like, wandering out on ice. And- yeah, this is a very tough time of the year, pretty much everywhere, for animals. Um, Fonzie is slowly recovering, hey. and here's why they don't they think he might be a stray, because they said he obviously wasn't properly cared for. He had pancreatitis, malnutrition. They're like, that that doesn't just happen after four days on the ice. Um, If he would have been groomed, he wouldn't have survived. His matted coat Ah. kept him warm enough to survive the cold temps and the icy water. The veterinarian... That is why I don't cut my hair right now, AJ. Oh, stop it. What if I get stuck on a frozen lake? All these excuses. The veterinarian said he's a miracle. He definitely would have died out there. That saved him. It literally insulated him. Um, So he is safe at Woodhaven Hospital right now. I have no doubt that the adoption... 
applications are just going to be through the roof for Fonzie, but he's adorable. And I'm so happy he's okay with a little sweetheart. I w- I've got the pictures up at patandaj.com, and I'm so happy for Fonzie. You guys make me feel good. Spread the good news now at patandaj.com. So I feel like I'm a little bit behind on this, but um, but not really. I finally watched the, the Britney Spears documentary last night. Oh, is that the Free Britney thing? For, so it's called Framing Britney Spears. Which Framing I, Britney. I find that to be a very odd title because it, I gotta it, tell you when you say framing anybody, it sounds like you're framing them for a crime. And it, I, I just don't think I think it was a weird title. But it's if you're I wondering, by the way, it's on Hulu, Hulu and you can't look it up. It's so hard to find. You can't look it up by framing Britney Spears. It doesn't show up. It's a New York Times um, series. And the Britney Spears documentary is just the first episode. Why I'm so interested to hear what you have to say is because I have a barrage. And when I mean a barrage, if we had a production assistant, we would play the montage right now. It's kind of like in the Daily Show when they get politicians contradicting each other. Yeah. Whenever I brought up anything about Britney Spears coming out of a Britney Spears song or record the last couple of years, this one has tore into me relentlessly on the radio, made fun of me, said, I don't care. Why are we so, I don't care. Where have we gotten to this 180 degree moment? There is no 180 degree turn here. After watching it, I still do not understand why all of these people are so wrapped up in this family conservatorship drama. However, hang on. Yes. The rest of it, the one thing I did agree with is that they said this would never happen to a man. Like, look at, I mean, look at guys like Donald Trump, Kanye West. I mean, they, they both went a little cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs for a while, and nobody took away their right to their finances. Charlie Sheen. Charlie Sheen, talking about tiger blood. Nobody, nobody... Shia LaBeouf. Shia LaBeouf. Nobody became their conservator. So why did this happen to a woman who was... I, and I, I, I identified with her on the mom front because we had kids right around the same time, and we're like the same age. And I can't imagine being where she was having kids in the limelight and really you know we were just not in a place as a society where we were talking about mental health back then it was build them up to tear them down and you we built up britney spears to rip her to shreds and it's terrible however at the end of it i still don't understand this conservatorship thing aside from i think it's a terrible misogyny i absolutely think it's misogynistic they would never do this to a grown-ass man but for some reason britney spears can't handle her own money i mean and i'm, I'm not going to ruin it for you because i know you haven't watched it yet but the one thing at the end they say is that she and this is ongoing is that she has said i will not work or perform until my dad is removed as a conservator. And that's what everybody's saying. They're like, she is of sound mind to know that she doesn't trust her father and they still won't drop him from the conservatorship. That being said, I still don't get why all these, it sounds like a very family issue and I still am not entirely sure why all these people are so wrapped up in it. Which is um, interesting enough because now, did you hear about the new, the, the Netflix, it's called I Care, I think? No. It's like number one, like their number one trender right now, but it's a movie and it's like, uh, it has a whole bunch of good people in it, but it's all about a woman who literally that's her business is becoming the conservator of old people 
um, when they're dying. Basically, and, and this happens all the time, where people are in old folks' homes and they can't, you know, they, they lose sound mind. And before their family can get anything put in place, a judge will have them declared incompetent, will appoint them a state appointed guardian. And all of a sudden, grandma's finances are out of your control, yeah. out of her control. So this new movie's all about that. And I think it's, I mean, it's someone who's obviously in the business of making money from having these things happen. So it, it is interesting that this happens. I, I think that's fucked up, that you've got to think about all the reasons someone can literally take over with a smack of a judge's gavel everything about you whether you have a mental health episode whether you become old and like there's not paperwork around like that's fucked up well no it is fucked up it, it absolutely is and that i'm not disagreeing that it's fucked up at all it is it is very very strange and it's even worse because at the end of the documentary one of the conservators asks for a raise basically saying she was bringing in money and they're like, you know, this is more of a business arrangement now. So she's bringing in this much money. So I want this much. And that's when everybody threw up the red flags like, hang on here. She's working and bringing in money. And you're asking for a raise saying now it's a business arrangement. Like, that's messed up. I do understand, though. I do uh, understand why this happens more with the elderly crowd. Not saying it's OK, but I get it. By the way, that's I Care A Lot. It's on Netflix. And uh, Peter Dinklage is uh, one of the big stars. Oh, so it's not like a documentary? No, it's a movie. Oh, okay, okay. Um, it is a but yeah, fictitious no, no, no. movie. I do know, like, one of my outbursts <laughs> during the, the documentary was when um, she was answering questions, and I forgot who it was. I don't know if it was a you know, smarmy-ass radio show or whatever. Somebody, like, outright asked her if she was a virgin. And I, like, out loud was like, what the hell? Like, what the hell kind of question is that? And then they played, and she said at the time she was. She was, I mean, she was a very, very religious girl growing up. She sang in church. She's from the South. She's from the Bible Belt. And then they played a clip of Justin Timberlake being interviewed, like, jabbing at him. Like, ah, man, you get Britney in bed? And, like... It's it's all it's all sexism, it's misogyny, and it's gross. And I can't believe how cruel we were as a society to celebrities and how far we've come talking about mental health now because she has had so many mental health issues. It's ridiculous. I literally called AJ yesterday to tell her how happy I am that we got together when we did because I said, boy, all the female artists who were pumping out material back then were very much about put up with your bad boy husband or man. And I listened to like Dua Lipa and Lizzo, all the new female artists. They're like, dump his ass. Did, hold, oh, hold on. He liked her tweet. Fuck him. Throw his shit out of the house. You can do better on your own. And like back then it was just like, oh, baby, baby, you know, so. It is. It has come a long way where we are. We are. We less. Idol, I mean, look at little Billie Eilish. We haven't made her get all sexed up, and that girl's amazing. She didn't have to take the Britney route of doing the over sexualization. So we we have moved 
light years in 20 yeah. years. And well, it's, and I like when Billie Eilish was photographed in a bikini on vacation. No, they lost know, their fucking minds. Everybody lost it because she's very well endowed up top. She's got a great body. And she said, this is exactly why I wear baggy ass clothes because I don't want you to define me by my mm-hmm. body. My body is not the reason that I am uh, talented. Yeah. And she's like, you guys caught me on vacation and now you're sexualizing me. And that's exactly what I don't want. And you can see Britney go through this really weird phase. I mean, she was just, it's mind blowing. She was so young and you just forget she i mean she was a mom in her barely mid-20s she got married in her early 20s i mean she when that was my other takeaway is man like she was famous she was a big deal but she has been more famous for her mental health issues she's been famous longer for her mental health issues than she has for her actual career um do you think she is stunted or just simply enjoys which i understand um the companionship of guys in their mid-20s because she has consistently kept a man whether it's k-fed and it doesn't matter how old she was if she was 20 25 30 35 40 she likes a dude about 25 to 26 with a rock hard body do you think it's because she's stunted or because, to be honest, fuck it. Why not? Why not have a like a hot dude on your arm? I think she's stunted to a point, but I don't think she's like, you know, she's not walking around with like a daddy issues voice. You know, she daddy issues are 99 percent of that entire documentary. I mean, there nobody has anything nice to say about her dad. And then he just swooped in when she started having mental issues and said, I'm going to control your money. So like he is an, a totally unlikable character. But, you know, I think a lot of it is just why not like she she just she was so young i just couldn't get over it because i saw myself in her at that age and i'm like can you imagine i mean the paparazzi were relentless they they interviewed the guy who took the umbrella picture of her like it's his car that she fucks up and it is but he has a point he's like listen for the longest time it was a mutual relationship we used her she used us everybody was happy and then just one day she snapped and I feel bad because I'm not absolved of those sins in any way. When I was a wacky radio DJ in Salt Lake City, I may have made a little bit of noise. And one of the many, many, many antics I had is when um, it was one of the Mary Kate or Ashley, one of the two Olsons was going to rehab. And there's a very, there's a lot of great rehab centers in Utah, but there's one that's specifically like the Stars Rehab. It, I think it was like a like an Osmond compound at like okay. one point in time. But one of them was going to rehab for what they were saying was like eating disorder issues. This is like 2003, 2004. So it, it, it's still in that era of those are the two little girls from Full House, but look at them. They're grown up and hot now. Like, all of a sudden, now they had turned 18. So which got, it was really fucking weird where people were like, all of a sudden, now like they're 18. I'm like, that's weird. Um, but one of them was going to rehab, and we all knew that it was for drugs. It was very much for cocaine, yeah. for booze, but it was being hidden because of their brand. Remember, they had the brand. They sold, like, the cutesy clothes and makeup. Well, yeah, they and- were having... They didn't transition into, like, adult careers. I don't think, like, they oh, wanted to they were no. still very much little girl idols yeah 
And I did, as a radio DJ, I sent one of my lackeys to go, you know, to this rehab center and stand outside and, you know, yell at people coming in like, hey, is he, can, can we send Mary Kate, like, you know, some flowers? And it was just because I'm trying to make some noise happen. And look, yeah. here's this big story. It's right in front of me. And so, hey, I was an asshole, too. So I don't want to pretend like like my hands no. are clean. But I'm glad that we've all moved on as a society and realized, um, boy, that that wasn't right. We shouldn't do that anymore. Well, and I think, too, that um, that's and, and that's where I can identify with the people who are very, very passionate about the whole free Britney, you know, get her out of this conservatorship. I think it's because we are so big on mental health now and we realize nothing that has happened to her is a joking matter. And she is clearly mentally ill, struggles with it, and is still in the limelight. And that's the only that's the only part where I can identify with her fans with that, which I'm like, I can't imagine being mentally ill in the spotlight like that. Like, but but by the end of the documentary, I was still like, man, this whole conservatorship thing, while it is misogyny and just gross, it's still such a family matter that I just can't wrap my head around being that involved with it. I mean, think about it. Like you said, it's hard being famous in general, but being mentally ill and famous. Think about when we were in Maui over Christmas. And think about, I sat on the beach and I cried. Why? Because I just ended my broadcast career of 25 years. Not really the way I wanted to end it. And I had just kind of come to terms with a chapter of my life was over. And imagine if while I was having that moment, which in reality lasted five minutes, and then I moved on, if someone photographed that, and then you put a headline on it, and now it's so-and-so devastated by release from contract, sobbing on the beach, suicidal question mark well and that's what they that's what they say about her um and that night after she shaved her head when she came after the paparazzi with an umbrella i never knew the story of that night she was with her cousin trying to get into kfed's house because he had the kids and he wouldn't let her see him so they kept going back and like ringing the buzzer and he wouldn't open the gate and they finally went and like parked at a gas station or or i think they said behind a jiffy lube or something and the paparazzi followed and she really like her cousin was like guys leave her alone like this is about her kids and she that's when she lost her shit and i can't imagine like it 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 was just so scummy because even the paparazzi admitted it was like two guys tipping each other off that she was going to be there and you know it's not like she announced it they just followed her there and it's just it is it's a great documentary if you grew up with britney spears like a lot of us did and i think it's i i do hope she gets out of this conservatorship someday i i think it is it's this would never happen to a man it never would happen to a man her age of of any kind of sanity mm-hmm. issue but yeah my i still by the end of it i was like yeah i don't know if i'm like Still understanding people who are super wrapped up in it. But, you know, to each his own. End it on a high note. What's your favorite Britney song? Go. Ooh. Um, I like Circus. Toxic all day. Yeah, Toxic's pretty good, too. Definitely don't like Cry Me a River now from Justin Timberlake. <laughs> Pat and AJ. Pat and AJ. Pat and Podcast AJ. from Paradise. So Hawaii has a very um, fragile ecosystem. I mean, it's it's a chain of islands in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. Yeah, they so. have to be very specific about um, <laughs> what comes on the island and what leaves the island. 
So that's why if you've ever been out here, you go through USDA, they're real big about fruits and vegetables and what you're taking and bringing. Um, animals, there's always a story. I, I think this year it happened on a shipment of Christmas trees, because as you can imagine, Christmas trees, not exactly a big grower out here. So they import those from the mainland, and I believe at the uh, inspection bay, they found like a gardener snake in one of the Uh-oh. trees, and they got the gardener snake and sent it back because Hawaii has no snakes. Yep. So it's a very, I mean, it is a fragile ecosystem, and just people being here, we've probably fucked it up enough, um, but probably at least on the big island, one of the biggest notices um, that you'll ever see of... Um, are these itty-bitty but very loud frogs uh, named Koki frogs. The first year we visited, we thought, because they start um, they start making noise right around sunset, and they go pretty much all night. They seem to, they seem to they kind do. of peter out around 3 in the morning, but it's still all night long. And it's, uh, are you going to play Koki frog noises so I don't have to make one right now? Sure. Yeah, no, yeah. Well, all the Koki, yeah, no, don't so do that. When it Listen first, to the actual thing. When it first happened, we said, oh my gosh, are there like birds that come out? Because they sound like birds. And I said, there are thousands of these little birds making noise somewhere. And a local said, nope, those are Koki frogs. And when, when Pat says they're small, like they are almost microscopic. You cannot see them. And... They were accidentally brought to the island from, what was it, Puerto Rico? Yep, they are literally the jewel of Puerto Rico. I mean, if you talk to Puerto Ricans, Puerto Ricans will tell you when, if they've moved to the mainland, come to America, they can't sleep because they're used to hearing the Cokies. It's kind of like for country folks, crickets, or... For city folks, the sound of an urban, you know, buses going by yeah. and honks and, you know, it's just something that they're used to. So somehow these little frogs got themselves from Puerto Rico all the way around the world to the islands. I'm assuming someone brought them. And then they they bumped uglies nonstop. <laughs> and now there are thousands of these teeny tiny little frogs, which you can't see, but you can hear. I thought I thought so, it was very sweet and like a novelty. And then you start talking to locals, and they are not, they are a foe, not a friend. <laughs> yeah, it is so funny because I find them, well, literally, when I checked into my place here, I asked uh, the homeowners, I said, um, so do you guys have cookies here? And Don, the uh, homeowner here, goes, uh, not if I can help it. <laughs> and he goes on this rant about how he's done a really good job at keeping the home mostly cokey free and then he bitches that the property next to him has not so he was like well on your side you may hear some of those cokies little bastards <laughs> and i was i mean and i felt bad cuz i asked that cuz i want to hear them like when we were in maui there weren't there weren't um, any no there weren't any cokies, and I was kind of like, oh, man, no cokies. So I hear them every night, and they sing loud. And it is funny because you will drive around, and you'll go into certain areas, and they will say, you know, this is a cokie-controlled area. Yeah, there are so, signs. Yeah, where people do a job. Like homeowners and communities can really, if you want to, they can go all in, and they can um, eradicate them and keep them out of a 
circumference. Like, as an animal lover in general, I feel so bad. But at the same time, now that I've been there multiple times, I get it because these things spread like wildfire and they are not quiet. One, one can keep you up all night. You'll never see that one. You will never see it, but you will hear it. And again, once they start reproducing, you are screwed. So now, again, myself and AJ, we know the big island as a cokey island okay since we've been going there hell since i've been going there they've been there we liked right? the, the sound Cokies. so much the first year we went uh pat recorded a voice note an hour-long voice note on his phone yep. of the cokey frogs so we could listen to him at home i might even do it outside my window here because it's they do it outside my window here you should maybe it'll be a little bit different so with that out there again i like them it's how i know the island folks like don have been here for 30 years Don predates the Cokies. <laughs> the time before Cokie frogs. <laughs> so let me tell you, Don, property owner, he's a retired plumber. He reminds me of AJ's grandfather. It was killing me like for a, like a couple days. Like, who does he remind me of? And he reminds me of your grandfather. I love that. That makes me so happy because yeah. I miss him so and much. He's a cool dude. He's retired, more active than I am. Amazing guy. But he becomes... Fucking Clark Griswold with Cokie Frogs. <laughs> he goes to bed relatively early. Both they, like, after 8 o'clock, I don't see anyone. And the one night, I'm popping out of my room about 9 o'clock to grab a bottle of water. And I see Don come in from outside, which is odd. I'm like, why are you out at, like, 9, 9.30 at night? And then he has, like, blood coming down <laughs> off his, his hand. What? I'm what? sitting there, and I, you all right? He goes, oh, Cokie, that bastard. Hey, what happened? And he goes, oh, I heard him outside the window. So I went out there. I spotted him. Then he tried to go up this tree. Uh, cut myself. I'm like, literally, he like took off his shoe and started like like going up a tree. <laughs> I just love the fact that a, a grown-ass man, a retired plumber, is no match for the very, very tiny... Cokie frog, because <laughs> you know the Cokie frogs didn't start bleeding, but he did. <laughs> and that's the funny part is because Don is like six two, six he's three. He's a tall so guy. He yeah. Is, yeah, he's a tall guy, and he even said, and and that as he's washing off his hands with blood, he goes, oh, "I gotta wash up now. Go go back to sleep." Um, he starts telling me how just the other night he had some friends over. They uh, had dinner. How like him and one of his buddies. Basically chased one off the property together, like in tandem. He's like, I bet you that was the one that we saw on Sunday. You know what? Scott Scott spotted it, and then we chased it, and he scared it, and I thought I killed it. I'm like, holy shit. It's like Don Cokie Hunter. But it's so funny because, like, the local Don the Cokie Hunter. You're right, man. That's a new show. Um, I mean, if you predate the Cokie Frogs here as a native, as a local, whatever— you have a hate relationship with them. If you're new, maybe like me, like AJ, it's charming. You love those little bastards. Yeah, I love them. I like it. I still, like I still have not seen one in person. Like the fact that he can. Actually, I saw one once. The fact that he can see them and chase them down is incredible. Because I still have. Not, I mean, we we would take flashlights and go like rummaging through the forest to find these things. And no matter how close you think you are, you will not see one. They're that small. And again, they um, they sing all night long. 
I like him. Yeah, literally. Like, I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Oh, that bastard. Went right up that one damn palm tree. I cut myself. <laughs> the Pat and AJ Podcast Network is available on all your favorite audio platforms. Subscribe today. Follow Pat and AJ on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook now at Pat and AJ. PatandAJ.com.com. Support the Pat and AJ Podcast Network today by donating on Venmo or Cash App. Powered by the people. The Pat and AJ Podcast.